Tell us about Lunchmeat. Cool. So Lunchmeat is a print and online publication, a lifestyle brand, a production company that is dedicated to the appreciation, celebration, and preservation of VHS and video era culture. Um, that's everything from films that haven't made it to DVD or Blu-ray or never will, um, interviews with actors and directors from the video era or video era film, um, stuff about video stores, obviously. Basically anything that uh, orbits around VHS and video store culture, like we're, we're doing it. And, and it's, just, it's just something that we're very passionate about and that we want to champion and continue to bring a community together. So, uh, my friend Ted Gilbert started the magazine with me years ago, and he continues to help me work on the print magazine, which is getting harder and harder to do with all the other content and things like that. Um, so essentially, it's, it's me and a bunch of different artists that I collaborate with. Past two years, I think, you know, I haven't been able to create as much content for Lunchmate because I've been really focused on Video Vortex. Um, but I think that's it's also towards the goal. You know, I still think it flies under, uh, flies under the Lunchmate banner, you know, and um, having a, being able to influence a physical space at the video store is obviously a huge opportunity and it takes a lot of energy. So, but I mean... I'm always doing stuff, covering stuff with Lunchmeat. And, you know, it's, it used to be like I would go online and, and kick stuff out and, and cover it and, you know, uh, just put it on Spotlight, you know, put it in VH Spotlight. And now there is just, I saw it bubbling up, man. I saw it bubbling up and I was like, man, there's so much happening. I can't even keep track of all this stuff. You know what I mean? And now, now it would be impossible to keep track of all the cool VHS culture that's happening. You know, even, even the minutiae that happens, like, Somebody's making VHS earrings. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, things like that. And, and it's, it's just hard to keep track of everything. But I mean, Lunchmeat is the bastion of, of VHS culture. VHS is happening. You know, it's more than just a motto. It's, it's, it's the complete embodiment in a phrase. Like, that's what it does for me. And I think that's what it does for a lot of other people. And um, we just want to keep that message alive and get people excited about movies and VHS and, and going to the video store and, you know, looking cool, you know, with this cool swag. You know, I like making cool shirts and stuff. So. What, why lunch meat? Oh, cool. So lunch meat, it's funny. So when I was really finding my way to this passion and like kind of like realizing what I wanted to do with this passion that I had for horror taste, um, I was playing in a pop punk band when I was like 17 or something like that mm-hmm. in South Jersey. And this guy was in another band. And we had, we'd been hanging out and his parents owned a video store <clears throat> they were closing down. I think this was like 2005 or 2000, um, earlier than that, like 2002, somewhere around then. Yeah. And, uh, he gave me a stack of tapes. He's like, cause he knew I was in the VHS picture, hard movies or that kind of thing. And he's like, here you go. And there's Kirk Alex's lunch meat in it, that movie. <laughs> and I just watched the hell out of that tape all the time, you know, cause Texas Chainsaw Master is one of my favorite movies. And that's, you know, it's very derivative of that. It's backwards and yes, you know, things like that. Um, this feels like a few fan ripoff. But, uh, so we were, and Ted and I were starting the magazine, a fanzine, and we were going over a bunch of names. And uh, we were watching, we watched Lunch Meet recently together. Mm-hmm. And I showed him that. And uh, it stylized with two words. And we were like, let's do it. And we were upstairs talking about movies every day over what? lunch meat sandwiches. They're like, because <laughs> we're like, you know, two early 20-somethings that are like, right. don't have a ton of money, so what do you do? You make sandwiches. There's lunch meat, you know? Yeah. So we thought it was kind of a joke and kind of funny, and um, we decided to stylize it as one word, and 
was it. It looks cool. We, we thought it sounded cool. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we thought it sounded cool and it made sense. And... Hey guys, I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada. And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters. In Canadian Spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, we're a pair of chuckle fucks, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes. Hey there, I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And together, we are Sass and Sips, a watch rewatch podcast. We want to personally invite you to check out our podcast, where we'll be discussing TV shows from two perspectives. One who has seen the show before. And one who's not so sure. While we drink a lot. <laughs> I mean, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Every season, we will focus on a new show. And for our first season, we have chosen the iconic show, Lost. We hope that you will come over and check us out. We can be found on your favorite podcast platform or at sassandsips.com. If you're down for drinks, friends, and television, then make sure you listen and subscribe. Because we're down for all of it. Yes. So listen with your bestie, open your favorite bottle, and sip and sass with Sass and Sips. If you were to put lunch meat, the brand, into a sandwich, what would it be? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. I think I'd have to create a new blend. Oh, no. All right, because I'm a big snack person, too. I'm always be snacking. So I think, and I, I want to lean towards a, like a, a spicy Lebanon bologna because it has, like, everything going on in it. We have a season for the spice some fat swirled in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's pretty good. But I think I should also throw in some smoked ham. Oh, man, because that's for that smoky flavor. Ooh. I think the lunch meat sandwich mm-hmm. would have to be like uh, a buffet of, of different flavors and see how it all comes out. But, man, that's such a good question. I love that question. Yeah, it's, that. it's like a scrap so, sandwich yeah. of, you know, just yeah. all the throwaway... <laughs> meats you know like you've got you've got your bolognese your um uh the macaroni loaf you know the stuff that people kind of yeah. like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's questionable like, at old, best are these old chicken nuggets on this sandwich? right like, yeah, yeah. you've got like some spicy pickled peppers on that you've got 
pretzels in it. You've got a like a dab of peanut butter. You're like, what the hell's that there for? It doesn't matter. You put it in there. And you yeah, bite into and, it and you're like, says, this is interesting. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. You've left an impression. <laughs> but you're going to remember that sandwich forever, right? And instead of instead of poppy seeds, there's little like bits of Doritos. Ooh. Of <laughs> Let's just stick them in there. I don't know, man. The prices of VHS stock has just skyrocketed. I think the word that people might want to use is meteoric. I think that the, the, the rise in prices is insane. Videoric. I love it. The prices are just baffle me. I mean, I get it. You know, I think as, as VHS becomes more popular, the more people that place bids on it, obviously it's going to go up. You know, you're seeing copies of, of Friday the 13th go for like $50. Sure. You know, just like a few years ago, that's a $10 tape, $5 tape, because it's common. There's thousands and thousands of copies of that out there. You know, and I think a lot of the, the pricing that has to do with VHS, you know, is due to rarity or perceived rarity or like sexiness or like aesthetics or things like that. But mainly sure. for more <clears throat> like uh, seasoned collectors or, or things like that, you know that, you know, certain you'll pay more money for certain tastes because you know that it's ostensibly rare or ostensibly scarce, you know. And I mean, a copy of Leprechaun for 20 bucks. It's crazy, you know, but I mean, it's literally crazy. You can get that movie for like $4, but you know, if you want the aesthetic of it on VHS, you want that memory. And I think more people are attracted to that now, Yeah, you know, and especially the advent of, of the internet, which has continued to expand over the past three, four or five years, you know, and that's huge, you know, and I think that's what causes price increases because there's more people at the party, you know, there's more people looking at it. Yeah. So. An Instagram account that's selling, you know, tapes anywhere between a dollar to fifty dollars per copy, uh, f- for instance. Um, it looks so cool, like you say, the aesthetic. And then you see yeah. collectors like yourself, others who have their shelves stocked and, you know, a, a cute Instagram photo and write up. And then you as a fan of that starts feeling jealous that you're like, shit, I don't have that and uh <laughs> yeah and i want that you know something i was reading in your stuck on vhs book which i love i absolutely love it and i'll tell you if you need a pick me up start flipping through that and you get the feels all over again i got chills even thinking about it if you grew up in a certain time period you know exactly what we as fans of this are enjoying about it and it's just seeing this like cultivation of of your memories and your love of something that unifies everybody right across the world in a universal language without having to speak the same language. But it's that physical artifact that takes you back to shopping the aisles, um, going in potentially blind. You didn't even know what you were going to rent, but um, the box art had, you know, the cover art had to sell you the write up had to sell you. And that's all you knew. And you said, damn, I'm going to rent that. That's going to be great. And you take it home. And even if it was mediocre, you had an experience to go with that viewing. Then you take it back and you hit reset and you do it all over again. That's something my three-year-old in 2020 will not experience. No, I mean, this doesn't exist right now, you know, and who knows if it ever will. On a, I mean, never will probably on, on a massive scale like it was because it was normal. Right. It was you know, it was usual. And I think that, 
You know, I think it, it is nostalgia. It's huge. It's a nostalgic thing because that's the way it used to be. That's the way you used to find movies, you know, and you would go to the video store and like you said, you know, you, you explained it beautifully. I think it, it really nails it. I think it's just a different time and different place and I felt like it was, you know, I've been doing this for a long time trying to, to champion this stuff and, you know, trying to get people to, to remember it and appreciate it and, um, you know, it's just a passion for me. You know, I think it's amazing how, how much it's expanded and obviously it's not just me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tons of people. You know, it's, it's tons of people like creating uh, Facebook uh, groups and, you know, people on Instagram, like you said, creating this and like, it's just, it continues to expand and it's just, it's incredible. And you see these like actual things happening. You know what I mean? Where like, you say prices going up and then you see like new brands and like all this other kind of stuff and it's crazy, man. It's just like, wow, like every, everybody's doing something with it, which is inspiring. And, um, but not to get too off track, I think, you know, the, the video store is, you know, it's just a different time and place. And it was something, you know, like I'm trying to keep alive. Like I'm running a video store down here. There's still video stores out there that are doing it, you know, and working really hard to do it. Of course. Um, you know, Videodrome in Atlanta is doing a, uh, you know, a drive up service. And I mean, it's, there's all, there's all places doing it. So it's just cool. And, and, and that's, and that's also part of it is that it's popping up. I relate to it as being a, a lifelong fan of metal. And, and the metal culture. So like you exist within this outsider, misfit, misunderstood society. But yet people all over the world relate to that. And your best friends are not necessarily people you had to grow up with. There's someone that you could have met uh, at a metal show wearing an obscure band shirt that only you thought you knew. And then you start up that conversation same thing happens at those video stores. Now, somewhere like, let's say, like Slashback Video, it just makes you feel like that's a it's a concert experience. Like you go to socialize, got that culture that's welcoming to not only you because you get it, but you can welcome others. So like there's no alienation in there. You're not going to get someone going in saying, why are VHS still around? Why are they coming back? You get it. You know exactly why you're <laughs> yeah. there. And it's not like someone goes into the library and says, oh, man, print is dead. But uh, books, it, too. yeah, who reads books? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just that physical media vinyl. Obviously, that's a really big one there. Yeah. And I think VHS is kind of following suit. The market is there for it. Like you say, they've even redesigned packaging for Blu-rays and DVDs to look like VHS. So obviously there's a nostalgic collector element out there that craves it and i'm definitely one of them and i'm and again i i admit it admittedly i am super jealous of people that have great looking collections i didn't have a collection per se to begin with but i definitely want one now you know i'm looking at my shelf over here i've got two vhs on this one shelf dr otto and the riddle of gloom beam oh it's you know what that that movie is what we're talking about yeah, it has, it has, it's a, it's a secret sauce. I don't know if it's on DVD or Blu-ray, but it has this connection to both VHS culture and earnest culture. So I think it kind of like nails it, you know, that perfect, that perfect storm. So. That is one of my earliest video store memories is Dr. Otto. I, yeah. I, I know that I rented that way more than I probably should have at the age that I did. 
with my parents, but I was such a earnest fan. Like it didn't matter as long as Jim Varney was involved in some way. I was into it. Hey, Vern, it's Ernest TV show. That was right around that time where he was at his peak of popularity, which Dr. Otto would have been under the radar, but now kind of came into some sort of forefront only because he was playing Dr. Otto on the on the show. Mm -hmm. So when we went to the video store down the road from us, there was this video there. Now, the the copy that I remember and I only came across it recently online is based off of the close up that we have on the conventional poster and box art. And it was in one of those big clamshell cases. And I just remember it was eye level and I went right into the store and I locked eyes with it and I said, yep, this will do. And I just like turned around yeah. and I said, dad, yep, that's what I want. And I took it home. We put it in hit play. This one didn't have the earnest intro where he's talking to Vern only just started right in um, to the opening credits. And I remember actually hiding in the room till the credits were over because it was kind of terrifying to hear him sing his off key singing with someone who's singing well and destructive imagery. And I was, I was actually disturbed by it even like say four, four years old and I was in the other room until, you know, the, the, the credits were over and, and that's a memory burn, but it all, I can't think of running in fear without going back to the video store and asking for it every weekend. Like it's just almost, it was like that fascination of horror or uh, an amusement park ride. You go through it because you endured and you lived through something, but yet it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what, what's attractive about horror movies. You know, I think it's the thrilling, you know, and obviously it's, it gives you some feels, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh man, let's scare the shit out of me. You know what I mean? But you want to do it again. You, you want to ride the roller coaster again because you come out and you're okay. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm okay. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think that's, you know, when I was falling in love with, with, with these movies like Return of the Living Dead and, you know, Monster Squad and, yeah. you know, uh, Leprechaun and it, you know, all this other kind of stuff uh, was influencing me because it was scaring the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, but it was really fun, you know, and, and um, I, I think it, it, it's a really important thing, you know what I mean? Because I think those kind of memories stick with you. Yeah. You know, like everybody talks about, they like, go into a video store and I remember this cover. I think you just post something where it's like, I remember this cover, but I don't, I've never seen the movie. Yes. And like, think about this huge influence that this piece of art did for you. Oh my it's almost God. like going into an art gallery. You know what I mean? So, I mean, oh. it was like that for people where they like go in and when you go to an art gallery to give you this, this cultural ex- exposure, right? It gives you like this, this kind of contextual history, right? Sure. So, I mean, but that's video stores were a snapshot, a contextual piece of history for film, you know? And I think like all of those, those video covers are, you know, just as important, if not more for some people on influencing their fears or their desires or like, you know, what kind of art they appreciate or what kind of things they want to experience. You know, I think it's, it's huge, you know, and I think it's, mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do is because I don't know how many people are really talking about that, you know, we're, we're 10 years ago. Now, so. It's a snapshot in time. It's almost like when a director has the ability to clean up uh, a release of a previous, you know, era of filmmaking but they choose not to because it's actually kind of charming and it's been there all this time and no one else has pointed it out. Or if you take it out, 
would someone notice it? You risk tampering with the artifact of the time. Yeah. For instance, Jaws, right? Like say you see a mechanical wire or something like that. Well, yeah. That's that's part of it. That's that's part of the magic that was there. It was there all all this time and it has influenced a ton of people and will always remain a very relevant piece of study. However, it says something about the ability to clean up in a destructive way only to present it as being remastered or perfect. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like when CD was replacing vinyl. Neil Young said uh, what what it didn't have was the warmth. And I know that that was something that ended up becoming a, a very trite quote that people were using uh, when they were trying to justify why buying vinyl was cool. The, the reality is, is that he what he was referring to is the live living human experience that you hear. Like if you listen to, let's say, like, uh, you know, a very raw sounding album. Versus a very, very clean and polished 80s pressing where it became very tinny. Yes, it was clean in terms of noise cancellation, but it lacked what it feels like to see a band live. That human experience. And I think that that's, that's what I'm talking about with VHS. It's going in. You pick it up off the shelf. You hold it. You analyze it. That was your choice. And you went home and you had the, you know, you had pop popcorn and get all the everything set, the ambiance, and it's an experience. And I think we're cheapened now because we have too much accessibility with very little effort uh, with streaming services. They are great because it's archival. You can go back through, you can educate yourself very quickly, especially right now, seeing as we're in a bit of a lockdown phase, you know, over across the globe so we can keep ourselves entertained. And I'm getting caught up on exactly what we were just talking about a second ago, which was the box art leaving a lasting impression on you from your childhood that you have never seen, but the memory burn from how effective the artwork was. And now I'm going back through saying, okay, let's see how cool this movie is. I hope it's as cool as that box art was. Uh, a lot of times it's not, but I think that's the power of those video boxes. You know, That was the only mouthpiece they had. That was the only piece of communication they had for their film. You know, and I think hyperbolizing things and making it vibrant and, and spectacular was, was the goal, you know. And right. I think they wanted the aesthetics to speak to people like, you know, Mountaintop Motel Massacre or like Blood Beach or like things like that where you're like, wow, this is a pack, so I got to rent this. This looks spooky. Like, this is crazy. Right. You know, and um, <clears throat> I mean, that was the name of the game. So, I mean, sure. it, it doesn't surprise me that, that these pieces of art were, are sticking with people. We see that with album art now, I guess. Sure. I, I just don't, I don't know if it's really like an experience like that anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? I remember a time when you used to line up for an album coming out on release day. Mm -hmm. Like there was anticipation. You still see it in a way in theaters. Let, let's just pretend COVID's not going on. Uh, when people would line up, you know, say a movie has a, a screening on Wednesday night at midnight. Let's say something like Star Wars or Harry Potter. There's a good chance there's a portion of the of those people that are actually in, in cosplay because they've gone that extra mile to show their appreciation or their connection to how important that is to them. Yeah. You run a video vortex, a video store open in 2020 mm -hmm. and you've got, was it over 70,000? Yeah. 70,000 plus. Okay. That's, that's a lot. 
what how many titles would um an average run of the mill um video store have back in the day? I think it depends on the size of the store, maybe like three thousand, five thousand, sure, ten thousand. So you've got seventy thousand plus. Like a video store reimagined, right? So I mean you walk into uh, uh Alamo Draft House in Raleigh and it's a big open floor plan. You know, Video Vortex is the bar and the video store. So when you come in, you see a uh, huge neon sign of this video vortex that, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, hangs over the bar. And then on one side are all of the disc selection, and they're in these bins, right? And then you, um, so it's like a, a plastic case, like a thin plastic that where all the, the artwork's in. And that's how you find discs, right? So we're, allowed, we're able to store, you know, 66,000 titles on the floor that way because you can fit them, you know, because it's just a very slim thing. Um, and that has merchandise on that side as well. And then on the left side, um, it's all the VHS stuff and all the VHS are just out, you know, spine out, just like, uh, an old video store. So, um, awesome. And those are all live. Like you just, for the disc, you take up the artwork and then you pull them from the back. Now all the VHS, you don't really have storage for that. So all the VHS are just there and you take it up and you can rent those out directly. Um, but I mean, it's over, it's like, <clears throat> it's just overwhelming, feeling of, of like retro lad mm-hmm. you know i think we did a really good job like bringing that place together and making it feel like whoa you know what i mean and you know when, when people walk in you can see their face and it's just it's a really cool feeling <laughs> you mean old people like us so, yeah man i mean well, that's the thing is, i love hanging out in in the vortex and you know i hang out by the vhs back uh, a lot surprise surprise so i I hear people walk by that are just going to a movie because you have to understand that Alamo is a theater too. So people just come in there just to see movies or get a drink or eat food or, or what have you. Yeah. So you'll see people that are probably like 50 years old, yeah. 60 years old, maybe even the late 40s. All right. And they walk by and they're like, VHS? Look at this. <laughs> Wowie valley. Like, you know, that kind of, that kind of reaction. And uh, it, it's awesome. And I love seeing those people and I'm like going up like, yeah, you know, we rent these for free. And they're like, you rent these? Who's got a VCR? And I was like, oh, well, we rent those too. So oh my God. You can do that. That's and they're great. like, really? Wow. And I was like, yeah, so the rentals are free and then, you know, if you want to rent a VCR, it's 10 bucks a week and um, you see them like they're delighted, you know, or at least just like kind of like amused by it, you know, and I think that that's so fun. I'm, I'm really giddy just even hearing this right now. It is. It's, it's, it's really cool and you see people's faces and and you have regulars that rent all the time. No doubt. You know, and it really had, there is that piece of community there. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of moving parts inside that building. I mean, like I said, it's a movie theater, restaurant, it's a bar. You know, I do all the events, you know, in the, in the bar there, in the Viet Vortex in that space. Mm-hmm. So it's alive in there. You know, when you come in and it's like the neon is, is uh, you know, casts a very cool pink overtone on everything. And nice. it's cool. It's a really cool experience. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a mixture of things. What that stuck on VHS book does is, you know, it allows me to experience that little bit of what I am feeling like I'm missing out on. Mm-hmm. On the surface, a book about stickers. How cool could that be? But once you start opening up those pages, you get those feels and then you see titles and then you yeah. go online. You take a look at that. You're like, oh, my God, I forgot about that movie. You know, like when you go into Vortex, you know, you, you said what they like when you go in there. I said it's just rad and retro. But I mean, like, there's way more to it. And, and it's, it's a culture. It's a vibe. You know what I mean? And, you know, we have seven foot recreations of, of VHS tapes and you have 
TV tables that look like <laughs> that look like giant VHS tapes, where the face labels are televisions, and you can play VHS tapes on them. Oh. You know, it's it's, it's incredible, and I, I think like that's what a video store's for, right? Is is to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I'm. That's why we love this stuff. Well, I love it anyway. Is because there's a constant, you know, flow, perpetual exploration and discovery. Like, because I still haven't seen everything. No. You know, and I mean, I don't think everybody, anybody has. You know, and any, anybody that's like, oh, I've seen everything is either misled or pretentious. You know, sure. and I think that like, it's <clears throat> it's that's the beauty of of VHS collecting and, and, you know, studying these films and this culture is that there is so much undiscovered history, especially from the video store era, mm. you know, and there's, there's no real numbers on that stuff. Like with records, you look it up, you're like, Oh, there's a thousand of these press. Here you go. Sure. On this website right here, Discog. You're like, well, how many, how many copies of Frankenhooker are really out there? Sure. Like how many copies of the standard one? How many copies of the talking box? Like, can I get a solid number from Shapiro Glicking House <laughs> of how many are out there? Sure. You know what I mean? I don't think that data really exists. It probably does somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was ever accessed. You know, and I feel like that's why you can see that VHS culture and collecting is, is newer, you know, or fresher than that. You know what I mean? Or, and I don't think anybody was thinking it to keep that kind of, uh, <laughs> like, uh, information. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think you're saying... That your 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 kid's gonna grow up and be fifteen, and maybe there's a video store, some kind of physical media space where they can go. You know what I mean? And I think that with all the passion that's happening now, yeah. and as it continues to grow, yeah. I think that people will be inspired from it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe somebody in your town in five years might try to open a video store or so. do like an uh, an art installation, like um, like flashback or what have you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think. The, the comparison that comes to mind is like a retro 50s diamond, mm-hmm. right? Like what a cool experience is that? You know what I mean? And then things yes. evolve, right? And yes. then, but you don't ever want to lose that piece of, of culture that was so aesthetic and beautiful and important and like, you know, changing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, I think we'll see things like that. It's going to be totally boutique though. You know what I mean? I don't oh, think yes. that like, how, re- how record stores are installations in a lot of like cultural hubs. Mm-hmm. I think that video stores are going to be more boutique, but I think that it'll always exist. I mean, as long as I'm on this earth, <laughs> I will be championing this, <laughs> championing this stuff and yeah. trying to, to convince people that, you know, VHS tapes are fun, exciting, and such a huge part of our culture that you said are, is very relatable, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people of a certain, of a certain era that were super influential. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people just kind of took it for granted, which it's not a bad thing. But I mean, like, it's, it's just, there's something, there's energy to it, man. Like, yeah. I come into my tape room and, like, I feel the energy coming from the tape. <laughs> you smell you know it. What I mean, and, and it's like, it feels good. It's like any kind of collector, any kind of yeah. enthusiast. You know what I mean? And it, they give you good energy. And, you know, come off, off. I had my collection for years and years, you know, and, I still go through my case and look at them. You know, picking out something to watch takes me like an hour, bro. Like, I mean, <laughs> Are you at some point in your collection now, you're collecting it because you want to watch it and it doesn't matter which version of it it is. It's just as long as it's playable and great. I want a sexy shape just like everybody else. I mean, I have, I got lucky. I got, I, I was collecting, I've been collecting for a while. So I mean, a lot of stuff that goes for like a hundred dollars, $200 I've had for like, 
you know, eight years or 10 years or sure. 12, 15, 20, I don't know. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the stuff I buy now is because I want to watch it or mm-hmm. because it's, it's got a, it's got some research in it that I want to see or like it's, it's a film that's not on DVD or not on Blu-ray. Right. You know, and really that's why I started Lunch Me is to, to celebrate films that were not on disc and like weren't getting the releases that I thought they should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of companies doing great things right now, but usually I go after stuff that is just a really cool tape. I collect Star Classics, which is a, a, a label, yes. um, like a budget label that does all AP stuff. Um, and stuff I, I've never seen that looks rad. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on the boards just like everybody else. You know, like I go through and see people selling stuff and I'm on eBay at like two in the morning during COVID, like, you know, <laughs> looking for tapes. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, you're like, holy, holy crap, like, this, is, this is only four bucks. I don't know, what is this? And you research it a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is money. You'll have two more bucks. Yeah. And it might be a total like piece of crap, but I mean, like, that is a film that has not yet made the jump, right? Right. And there is nearly, nearly all films have some sort of redeeming quality. Whether mm-hmm. that be it's like an early appearance from somebody, or it was made in a specific town or, or something, you know what I mean? And I don't know. The stuff in my collection varies. You know, but the reason I buy tapes right now is to watch the content. Yeah. Um, the, and that's mainly what it is. I think, you know, let's see, I can tell you, I realized that I traded my copy of 976 Evil like a year, two years ago. I don't know what I was doing. But uh, I bought that again for like five bucks from somebody. Yeah. Um, and then I got a copy of Don't Go in the House, which I already have two copies of it. But this copy of Don't Go in the House has... Like this manic small writing uh-huh. on the on the face label and the side label, and oh. it's like a love letter to the ladies that star in this movie. Okay, so so I wanted that tape. <laughs> Thought it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and and, a buddy showed it to me. I was like, "Oh man, I need that." You know, and you can justify that. It's a part of that culture, and we totally get that. You know, the fact that you're even collecting just one of them is enough to collect two of them. Yeah. Well, that tape, that tape becomes like an uh, uh, even further cultural artifact, right? It's, it's right. like a, you have postcards, you know, with a picture of something that, that that's not there anymore, yeah. you know, and or that's a place that you really love. But then you have that same postcard with a personal inscription on the back, and it becomes a deeper piece of cultural artifact. Yeah. Right. And, and I think just having that don't go in the house copy with, with this person's, you know, you know, ostensibly manic kind of small writing on this thing as a love letter to the women that like it, it's, it's, it's really cool, you know, and it was, it's, it's a unique thing. Yeah. And I think I go after that with the taste too. Right. It becomes a thumbprint that has DNA attached to it that you can trace back uh, just like you would at a library, you know, with a book, you just look mm-hmm. back, you can see exactly its journey, you know, which edition and uh, it's kind of fun. It becomes more of the scavenger hunt right across the world where, like you said, you're on eBay at 2 a.m. And you're like, it doesn't even matter, you know, where it came from. You just want it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing about stuck on VHS, too, is, is it gives you the feels. And, I, you know, I, 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 I'm really happy to hear people say that because that's what it does for me. You, know, yeah. you never know when you publish something like that. Because, you know, you said it how cool can this book really be? It's a book of stickers. And, you know, I think I, you know, I gave the concept some, to some people when I was working on it. They were like, oh, that sounds cool, man. And some people were like, yeah, that sounds awesome. They didn't really know, you know, and yeah. I, you see how people receive it. But there's so much history 
involved. And I, you know, on topical, I mean, like I buy tapes sometimes with a sticker on the front. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, that's a really cool sticker. In this case, only three dollars. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. Like I already have, I already have this this copy of of Homeboy, but I'm going to buy it again. <laughs> you know, and yeah, because it's, it's a historical thing. You know, I'm sure. documenting this stuff, and, and it's it's my passion. It's, it's what I love, and, mm-hmm. and it makes it gives me happiness. Yeah, so, I mean, but you know, I, I uh, there's so much cultural context inside of those stickers you know and yeah. video stores like i say in the book it's like it might be the only evidence that this place existed yeah you know? and, and that is and so huge. depressing well i mean it's, it's crazy how quickly it happened yeah you know i think that you know these places were hubs you yeah. know people would come there every single day and on the weekends it would be mobbed the video store was the place to be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i mean all of a sudden it's just like one click of the switch. Like, oh, we're going to send this straight to your home now. And Cable was doing that already, right? Yep. But now there's focus on it. Mm. And everybody's like, don't go outside. You don't need to go outside anymore, man. No. And like, people are no. like, I'm okay with that. You know, and it, it's like now Netflix and all this other streaming. And I, I see people during this pandemic that are actually, you know, housebound that are like, man, this is actually kind of boring. You know, this streaming stuff. Because... <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're, yeah. they're like, I want to go outside and, and, you know, look through this. And I think there's a lot of people, I'd like to imagine this might be somewhat of a romantic, you know, fantasy, but yeah. there's people stuck in their house and they're going through their basements, they're going through their attic, they're reorganizing closets. Yeah. And they find a, a box of tapes. Yeah. And they're like, I want to watch, I haven't seen Independence Day in a while. <laughs> and they watch Independence Day on, on tape. You know, where they're going through and they find yeah. their, their old tapes from when, you know, they were kids and they watched that and they, they see VHS as this medium that's like, wow, this is still really viable. It contains important information. Who knows if it really sends them on that deep of a thought? Mm. But I think that people are connecting with those things again. Yeah. You know, because there's an oversaturation of it, you know, of, of streaming and like all that kind of stuff. You know, and I think if you take a daily dose of it, you don't notice it as much. But if you have no other interference and no other things going on, mm-hmm. people are like, man, I'm sick of this. You know what I mean? So yes. I think that, yep. that might turn some people too. Most so. certainly. And it's interesting that you say that and used inter- Independence Day for an example. So say you're you're going through, say, three different streaming services. Uh, let's say Amazon Prime, Netflix, and, you know, let's say, I don't know, just something else. And Tubi, sure. Right. And you've you've spent probably an hour trying to pick something. And the titles are damn near endless between your options. Mm-hmm. Like you could have picked anything by now. You're halfway through a movie at this point. And, yes. <laughs> and you cannot even pick anything because it's overwhelming and nothing's exciting. Now, if you were yeah. to pick up a copy of ID4 and you go, oh, man, it's on tape. Like, let, let me pop this in. You commit to that. And yep. your your watching experience only changes because you picked it up physically, took the time to pop it into the machine. You hear the tape heads rolling. You hear the machine just like pulling the tape through everything. And then you, you sit back and you see just that slight bit of fuzz, that little bit of distortion, the film grain. And you go, yep, that's what it was like when you put on a movie. 
And it takes you there. And it and takes you way back. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if there's going to be that kind of nostalgia when, like you said, when you're when your kid is 15. Like, what are they going to be nostalgic for? Are they going to be nostalgic for laying on their bed with their headphones and looking through the internet? Yeah. Are they going to be nostalgic like, I mean, for TikTok? Like, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, that's totally a possibility. I mean, because the way culture changes, but I mean, because who knows what's going to happen in 15 years. But I mean, like, we had tactile, physical experiences mm-hmm. that put us out into the world. It put us out there. Yeah. And we, were, we were like, you know, buying Butterfinger BBs and, and renting Motel, Motel Massacre and like grabbing up stuff, getting something out of the quarter machine. Right. Begging your mom for this poster. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was just going to get a movie. Yeah. Like, so that, was, that was the process of picking out a movie. Oh my like, God, all yeah. Those wonderful, all those wonderful experiences was just one element. Yeah. I'm going to the video. Store. Oh yeah, it was you the know, full and, thing. You know, you get the movie. If yeah. you got if you got two, you were lucky, and then you get your your snacks lined up, and then you gotta get that lined up. Yeah, yeah, and then you maybe have gone the next step, and you're like, oh, if I rent this, I gotta call Jimmy. He's gotta come over and see this, right? All of a sudden, you've now cultivated an event just by going to a video store to m- make a decision, and. Yeah. It, that wasn't necessarily the intent, but it became that way because you were feeding, you were feeding that desire to feel something, even then, not knowing how important that would be for like making a decision to pick a movie, let's say 25 years later, you know, and you're thumbing your way through Netflix yeah. and you're like, I don't know if I want to watch that. I don't know if I want to watch it. Like I never was that flippant in a video store. If the box art looked cool, I pick it up and I'd say, yeah, no, that's coming home with me. And it could have been a piece of trash. Like, and, 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 you know, not to harp, you know, stick on horror movies necessarily, but horror movies, especially a bad horror movie is still a great time. Yeah. Like it really has to be awful. Like really, really awful. Like, like something that you know what it's probably never even been made yet it's so bad because you can sit through a piece of trash horror movie and you be like oh my god i gotta tell someone about this because you know you know somebody who if they haven't seen it already they're gonna love it yeah i mean that's the thing is well you talk about commitment right yeah and so you're watching something on Netflix, you have a subscription that gives you, you know, X amount of movies, thousand. Let's just say a thousand. Yeah. Two thousand, two thousand. I don't really know how many are curated by there. Sure. Curated loosely used. Uh, but, so you don't want to feel a commitment. If you're 25 minutes into a movie, and you're like, this sucks. Or you're like, you're just on your phone not paying attention to it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so you're not committed to this movie at all. Nope. It's not even an event. It's a thing. It's a distraction. Yeah. But when you went to the video store, you pay, you know, five bucks or whatever to rent this movie. You're going to go home. You're going to eat the pizza. And you're going to watch this movie that you just paid money for. Hell and yeah, dude. Sometimes you turn it off. It was absolutely terrible. You're like, well, I'm never renting that again. But I mean, most of the time, you stick it out because you're like committed to it. Yes. I mean, and we didn't have distractions like that back then. When no. you sat down in front of the television. Mm-hmm. You were there. You were going to a different world. And you were committed to this VHS tape. Most certainly. You know, and then it's just a different experience. You know, there was different stimulus then. 
you know, and I think like the only thing that would distract you is going to the bathroom or getting another slice of pizza. <laughs> or if the phone rings. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, if the phone rang. Yeah. Yeah. If the phone rang, if it was that important. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't talk. Like, you're you're talking through one of the best parts. (laughs) You're on your like third viewing of them. Are you gonna answer that? Are you gonna answer that? I'm gonna pause it. I'm gonna pause it. That's it. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's definitely a different kind of commitment. Oh, and and that's what makes memories when you're committed to a moment. That's right. And that's what's exciting about talking to someone like you for me is just this ability to connect with someone so quickly over something so niche, you know, like it's, it's because it's niche. It's because you're passionate about it, that it, that feeds that niche market and everyone gets it. And that's, what's so amazing about it, you know? And uh, like, I've touched on metal, like, I mean the metal culture and the sub genres within all the, obscurity of metal metal as a whole as the arc is a beloved misunderstood miscreant sort of society that you know is a bunch of outcasts that are brought together but yet it's it's enjoyed by thousands you know everywhere and yet nobody knows about it you know you go to like the 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 walk-in open air festival and you know you're you're there to see bathory and their third reunion tour or whatever right Nobody has heard of them, you know, in terms of a popular sense, but yet people flew there just to see them. That's like when a video store would be relaunching. There's going to be a lineup of people and yet popular sources might say, what? Why? (laughs) You get a 4K UHD TV. What? You're not going to enjoy it on that. Like, hell, I'm not going to enjoy it on that. (laughs) I was in the metal community for a long time. I worked uh, for Relapse Records for like I think seven years. No way. Like yeah, yeah. I was like working in the mail order, uh, doing all the customer service. It was awesome, man. And you know, I was heavily into the, the metal culture as well. I mean, I still love metal yeah. uh, and punk, but um, there is a there's a community there. Yeah. I'm going to a metal show and seeing people in a Bathory T-shirt, and you're like, oh man, yeah, that's like, I love Bathory, rip. You know, and then you start talking about this other band and this other band. And there is some connective tissue there, I think, with the VHS world or any kind of collector culture that's really into artistic output. Sure. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean? So it's it's like those movies almost become bands. Directors almost become labels. Yes. You know, so it, it's, it's very similar. So I agree with you. Yeah. Um, now there's a quest to kind of feel connection again to not only entertainment but art and it's something that's lacking in the hundreds of thousands of titles at your thumb that almost you develop like an ADHD of trying to decide what you want to watch and then all of a sudden you've spent half of it on your phone still looking up other movies to watch and it really cheapens the effort that it takes to even make a mediocre movie, even by today's standards. And it's really, it's, it's almost like a disadvantage um, to, to the creators to be able to be on all of these streaming services at once. So, you know, that's why I feel it's very important for, again, for people like yourself to bring back that resurgence and that love and that connection 
of, uh, of going to a store. It's like trying to convince a, a book collector to try Kindle. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of hard actually. Yeah. I mean, I think it's curation, yeah. right? And I think you, you've touched on a lot of things, but just the, the thing you most recently touched on, I think it's curation. Yeah. And it's personal personalization. And I think they give the facade of that, like recommended for you. It's recommended <laughs> for you for sure. But like also like 20,000 other people, you know what I mean? And I, I think it's, it's like you go into a video store and you're like, oh, like, yeah, what's up, Matt? Like, have you rented this? Have you seen this? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you, you like weird kids movies, right? Have you seen To Catch a Yeti? Seen that one? And you're like, no. No. What's that? You're like, oh, dude's got meatloaf in it. And you're like, I'm sold. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that's, like, Netflix isn't going to talk to you. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, that's not going to happen. No. So I, I think it, it's just, it's just a different thing, man. And I, I think, but hopefully, you know, these more focused, curated things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm seeing it. I'm involved in a couple of the things. Yeah. You know, where, where streaming is, is a thing that people consume now. And you want to be able to make sure that they can get there. You know, they can get where they want, they get the stuff they want to see. And I think that, you know, Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want to do. I want to, like you said. There's a culture. Yeah. And I mean, that's why like people go to to video stores, or why people go to battery shows to find their kindred <laughs> spirit. I think as the culture continues to spread, more people put their eyes on it, and then the artists that are kind of even just on the outskirts of, of VHS culture. Let's let's say like here's an example. Mm-hmm. There's an illustrator, you know, an artist that does comics and things like that. And this person made a shot on video movie when they were like nine or 10 or something like mm-hmm. that. And they were posting clips about it. And I was like, man, this is perfect. Like this is a perfect example of, of something that needs to be shown. Cause right. he's, you know, a, a reasonably recognized artist for something else. But I'm like, Hey man, do you want to put this out on tape? Cause this is cool. And he's like, uh, I don't know. Like it's, you know, I made it when I was 10. I was like, that's perfect though. Like, <laughs> You made a movie when you were 10, shot yeah. on video, like, you should show that to people. Even if you just do 25, 50 copies or something. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden they enter the VHS collector world, or they enter the VHS person world. Even though they're not outwardly facing as a VHS person, all of a sudden they're, like, connecting with their art, with the new audience. You know, and I think that's really important. Mm. And as that continues to expand, there's going to be more collaborations in a way that, video store and video era and VHS culture kind of um, come into other different cultures. Yeah. Again, this whole conversation that we're having about VHS, it exists much larger than I think people actually think. You know, maybe we're only talking about VHS, but someone who may not start collecting VHS now has been to a midnight screening of an old movie on a shitty old reel and you know that looks destroyed for five bucks somewhere and they loved it but there was that a nostalgic moment where you're sitting there in the theater going like i bet you i saw this exact pressing of this when i was a kid yeah and and yeah. it's it, it's all part of that same appreciation of the experience and um yeah i mean snacks are a completely different discussion but yes that's all part of it, too. Yeah, if you don't want to bring me on for an established snack stand, whew, oh. I'm there for it. Um, Man. So I would do want to say, because you said something really important, that there are a lot of people into VHS culture that you don't see. 
Yes. You know, I, I've, been, I've made this a point to bring up in my past couple uh, talks about this. Is, you know, because you see a lot of people that are active on uh, Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, post on Instagram and things like that. But it is, and you see that, and you're like, wow, there is a huge community here of these people interacting. Yeah. And that's just a portion of people that are into VHS culture and that collect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know people that are, that, that don't get a lot of visibility that are still there. You know what I mean? And I know there are people that collect heavy and are very knowledgeable and all that kind of stuff that don't do social media at all, really. Right. And, then, and the way they do their social media doesn't really reflect the fact that they are huge tape heads and that they, they know a lot about and they, they support the culture and you know, they do all these other things. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, it's like, you, it's like obviously I run lunch for me and I get orders and like, you know, you see people that purchase from you and you're like, well, this, this is, I don't know who this person is. Obviously, a lot of customers I don't know who they are, but like, you see that, that like, there's just so many people that are into this stuff. And I think that seeing the reaction to Stuck on VHS, the book, I mean, it's so cool to see people that aren't wearing a metal t-shirt like mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at this, yeah. at this book. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it's like, that's so cool. Um, right. So, yeah, it's... it's oh, I think everybody has, you know, from a, like I said, from a certain time frame, has connected tissue with it. So Most certainly, yeah. Cool yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm Witsy. And we're Two Bitches Watching TV. We're a recap and shit talk show. That's right. We watch hours and hours and hours of TV, so you don't have to. You can listen and laugh along with us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram and Twitter at BitchWatchPod. Is our show original? No. Entertaining? We hope so. This is Bitch Watch. Hey there, I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And together, we are Sass and Sips, a watch rewatch podcast. We want to personally invite you to check out our podcast, where we'll be discussing TV shows from two perspectives. One who has seen the show before. And one who's not so sure. While we drink a lot. <laughs> I mean, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Every season, we will focus on a new show. And for our first season, we have chosen the iconic show, Lost. We hope that you will come over and check us out. We can be found on your favorite podcast platform or at sassandsips.com. If you're down for drinks, friends, and television, then make sure you listen and subscribe. Because we're down for all of it. Yes. So listen with your bestie. Open your favorite bottle and sip and sass with Sass and Sips. Well, I really want to thank you for, for this very sincere conversation, and I really appreciate it. Oh, man. It it, my pleasure. My pleasure, really. And I think that that's part of the importance of what we're talking about is that sincerity, that genuine connection. Um, and that's, and that's what our show Nostalgunk is really all about is about, uh, connecting to the feels, you know, everyone's got different nostalgia, but everyone has the same emotional attachment to said nostalgia. So that's, what's important. Yeah. And, and that's what I think, yeah. uh, I, that's what I think you and I touched on this evening in a very short time period 
it's been a blast man it's been a lot of fun for sure dude yeah i do want to thank you for for coming on and uh i hope to chat with you soon absolutely man i had had my absolute pleasure for sure it was a ton of fun and thank you again and have a great night you as well thanks josh bye-bye later